What is up, GWB Nation? This has been Mayfield with another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a this was a spur of the moment episode that I think you will absolutely love. I have my friend Thomas Holm. I've known him since middle, actually elementary school, middle school, high school. Grew up in college all together. He's living in California with his wonderful wife Emily, and he just happened to fly home back to Georgia for a wedding, and he was in town. And then my buddy Jordan, who I've known since you know middle school, high school, love him to death. He's been on the podcast. He's the one with Kaylee. And they told their uh, engagement story. It's one of our most popular episodes. So go listen to that episode. It's a beautiful story of how they met. Well, Jordan's living in Nashville, and he's in town. And so Thomas and Jordan are both in town, and I'm here, and we all just came here and. And I was like, y'all want to do a podcast episode? And so they just came in here, and without preparation, I hope, oh, I don't want to say that if you go, oh, I could tell there's no preparation. It just felt so natural. We just talked about they're both gifted in music, and we both know each other. The three of us know each other just so well. We just went to town just talking about music and how it can affect you and and the power of it and how thomas is a drummer and jordan's a guitarist and singer and and creating his own album it's just it's just a beautiful episode i love these guys so much so i hope you really enjoy today's episode and just a reminder if you're listening to this right now on apple uh, or even if you're listening on spotify if you go to apple and give us a five-star rating and write us a review it takes less than a minute like it's not very difficult to do. It just helps us get noticed by more and more people who are not just, you know, people that are within my circle. And so I really appreciate that if you could do that on Apple. On Spotify, they don't really have that. So just listen on Spotify. I appreciate it. And also, if you want some merch, we still have hats and shirts and stickers. Um, if you just DM us on our Instagram, so go follow us at the Great White Buffalo Podcast on Instagram. Follow us, DM us. I just sent my buddy Trey a hat. I sent a. Uh, the twins, the Cribs twins, I sent them some shirts, sent Melina a shirt. Like, I got a lot of people that have been getting some merch and been supporting the podcast. So, I really appreciate that, sending all that stuff out. So, if you're a listener and you're like, man, I could, I could use a, a cool shirt, let me know. Or, hey, I'm a hat person, let me know. Shoot us a DM. And, ladies and gentlemen, I've been thinking about doing some solo episodes. Uh, just doing some, you know, just, just me here talking about either current events or maybe not, you know, dicey situations, but just talking and doing some some stories and some talking. And if you're interested in that, let me know. Shoot me a DM. Let me know if you're interested in some solo messages. And then also, who who do you want on the podcast? I got a lot of people that I know that would probably be willing to do that. So if you have anybody in mind that you're like, man, you got to interview this person. Like, you're going to want to interview this person. Shoot me a message so I can shoot them a message and say, hey, want you on the podcast. So I just, I, I'm just trying to br- branch out, get some people, and know that I love you and I care about you and I appreciate y'all joining the herd and being part of this movement and this podcast, this passion project of mine. Y'all are tremendous and wonderful. And I miss y'all and I hope y'all are doing great. If you need anything, shoot me some love, shoot me a DM, and I will, uh, I'll see what I can do to, to support you and pray for you. We love you and thank you for joining the herd and listening to this episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life, things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. And when you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare, the great white buffalo, the great white buffalo podcast with Ben Mayfield. That'd be cool. I would totally take some serious time off and just come play music with you, Jordan. It'd be that, fun. That'd be freaking dope. Yeah. What do you, what do you play? The drums. The drums. How long have you played? I've been playing ever since. Kind of knew you guys, I guess, middle school or whatever. That's where it all. That's where I started concert percussion. Mm-hmm. You know, concert music. And then sh- my parents bought me a drum set. Mm, I don't know, middle school, right. freshman year, of high school, somewhere in there. And then I've just been playing drum line, drum set, forever. Ever since then. And what do you play, Jordan? Every, Prim- everything primarily <laughs> yeah, guitar, plays everything but like if you learn guitar you can do bass because it's the same action it's uh, just a different feel slap it a bass and then like i'm not like thomas can definitely drum better than me but i can like i can carry a beat and keep rhythm and do enough i got you not gonna blow your mind well welcome to another episode of the great white buffalo podcast ladies and gentlemen give you a little sneak peek of what we may talk about today i have on me in the guest of honor he is a long time friend i've known him for a very long time. I guess that's why he's a long time friend. 
His name is Toe Jam. That's his nickname on the street. You may know him as Thomas Holm. What's up, Thomas? Hey, Ben. Hey, guys. Does anybody ever call you like Thomas Holm? Yes. Like, like mess up your name? All the time. All the time. My wife hates our last name. Does she really? Yeah. <laughs> Does she wish you took her last name, Thomas Penn? She would probably say yes. Yeah, Thomas Penn actually sounds... I feel like that's a famous person. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe that's Thomas Law. The Penn name is pretty... It's a pretty well-known name, I think. Yeah, versus it's iconic. Holm. Most people say, oh, Holm is, but no, it's not H-O. It's like, H-U-O. Oh, you're right, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it's different. So my name definitely gets... My People have been mispronouncing my name since I was in kindergarten. Every teacher is like, roll call, and they say... And it's they mess it up so and over there in the maverick seat it's mr j corn it's the jc it's the mr j it's jordan cornett what's up jordan what's going on you may know jordan from one of our most famous downloaded episodes of all time he is the one who is married to kaylee and they came in on the episode and talked about their engagement and how they got married. I loved that episode. <laughs> dude, dude, I got so much feedback of people going, that's the most beautiful story of all time. I like, listened right. to that episode more than twice. Really? I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really good. Yeah. Something about the host was really good in the episode. That's what I heard. I feel he just kept the conversation moving at a great pace, <laughs> kept it condensed, kept months of history condensed to an hour. It's a masterful storyteller behind the mic. I'll tell you what. Dude, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, I love these two gentlemen. I got to be, I got to officiate Jordan's wedding, which was incredible experience. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And I also got to be a groomsman. And Thomas's wedding, which was awesome, there was forty-five groomsmen in his wedding, so it was um, <laughs> it was like a small army. We took over a lot of places. We had a huge wedding party. We, we took over uh, Red Lobster, and that was fantastic. We did. We did. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, and so it just I just I don't know I just love these guys, and you're both musicians, and we were just talking about music, and I don't know some of our listeners you know listen to a podcast, not music right now, but music I love it because it's like a like a, an international or no, a universal language. Like music is powerful. There's a reason why it's in worship, it's in pop culture, it's different genres of music, there's different styles, there's so much to music. And I was wondering, this, since it is so universal, what drew you two to like, you know what, this is my passion, Like this is something I want to do, this is... I want to learn how to play the bass or the drums or the guitar. Or, you know, Jordan lives in Nashville, which is like a hub. I want to say it's probably the number one hub for music, you know, and not just country. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I, that's probably pretty accurate. Like, I think LA might be close second, maybe yeah, getting up there. They're pretty diverse in a lot of different Yeah, too. LA does everything. Yeah. So, what are some of the things, some of the qualities that just made you go, like, you know, what? I'm going to dedicate a good part of my life studying an instrument slash like be a musician do you have an answer for that one first or well <laughs> sure kind of i guess yeah, you know because i don't uh i so i drum for my church and uh you know i play worship music a lot every now and then i jump outside and try to learn different genres or different songs but for me um I just started at a young age, and, you know, first it was my parent, hey, you're going to go learn music, and it was guitar, and guitar was not for me. I hated it. Um, I don't know if anyone knows Spencer Grimm, but my parents Shout took me, yeah, my parents took me to uh, his dad, his dad's shop on the square, and uh, I remember always looking at the drum set in the background going, that's actually what I want to play. That's what <laughs> I, I want to learn. That <laughs> but no, my mom, she made me uh, go to these guitar lessons, and so I have like this weird foundation of guitar-like playing, and then yeah. I even had uh, Mr. Wyndham, I took his like music appreciation class <laughs> in high school <laughs> where you like learn how to play the guitar. Shout out to Mr. Wyndham. And uh, I know, right? Huge and, listener uh, of the podcast. I don't even remember what grade I made in that class, but <laughs> he passed me. But uh, so that's kind of like where I started with music. I feel like everyone's parents say, oh, you're going to go to learn piano or you're going to go learn the guitar. Or the You're going to join band and do the trumpet or whatever. And mine was when actually, uh, you know, they take you to 
um, I don't know what grade it is, fifth grade, like the music, you the middle the, school mu- well, we music We did that together. We, we, yeah. um, in fourth grade, we were in the same fourth grade class, talking about old school, and we played the recorder. Uh-huh. Like the little uh, flute-looking little thing. plastic little Yeah, it's like the worst <laughs> instrument ever made. You just, like, there's like four holes in it. I think just, every parent hates that. Yeah. 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 Boop, 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 boop. I remember Very trying to little play uh, Oracle of Time on that thing from, like, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> nice. But, uh, it wasn't. Yeah, no, I remember that, and, uh, I guess that's kind of like what started my music passion. I fell in love with drums instantly and percussion, and uh, it's stuck with me ever since. And that's kind of, I guess, my yeah answer. I, you <laughs> nice. know, when I was in marching, I did a. Well, I was in middle school. I did band, and I played that alto saxophone. And I remember. I thought, I thought it was the coolest thing, shiny gold, and like Dude, you know, do, 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 like it's funny because in middle school and like high school and stuff. So mm-hmm. like me, I'm sure Trey can relate to this too. Because if you're a percussionist, you're in the back, so you right. see you see everyone and how they're <laughs> playing, and you see what chairs people are sitting in. So you get like this like observation of like the whole band and everyone from. Well, I don't know. It's just it's an interesting place to be in the back as a drummer. You're watching everything up front. One day we were um, we're, we're playing the saxophones and they did like the seats of like first chair, second chair, third chair, and we all had to play. And I remember playing the saxophone, which a kid who's asthmatic probably shouldn't be playing the one like (laughs) like, yeah, it takes a lot of air to play, which is kind of ironic. And so I remember playing. She's like, all right, and then afterwards she's like, all right, Ben, I want to put you in second chair. And they're like thirteen of us, so I remember going like, "Yeah, like suckers, like I'll second chair, like get in, like like you know, like kind of like being like a goofball, like I was, like let's go, let's go." And she goes in front of the whole class. She goes, "Oh, no, 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 don't misunderstand me. I'm putting you between the two best players because you're the worst." Oof! And I said, like, first of all, like as a teacher, like who does that? That's just really mean. And second, it it definitely made me want to quit band, Dang. so I did. So I quit band. And I never played another instrument. I know, but you didn't really quit band, though. There's more to the story. Yeah, okay, well, let's, go, <laughs> let's go to uh, Jordan. Hey, Jordan, what's up? Hey, mine's a little different because I feel um, like my grandma tried to teach me a little bit of piano, mm-hmm. and that was fine. Classic. I liked it enough. But like, I remember one time when I was really little, we got a guitar, and no one knew how to play it because now my family's musical. And after a while, we just got rid of it. I remember when I first played it, I think I was doing just making dumb noise. That's probably nine or ten, and I've got a <laughs> massive blister on my thumb. Uh, like yes. it covered my entire oh, yeah. thumb, and I was and it came off. But they got rid of it because like it's too loud, it's annoying. No, and then, but, um, I the girl mostly dated in high school. Uh, she wanted to take, we wanted to take class together. She took a piano guitar class. So we took a piano for the first nine weeks. I'm like, oh, this is fine. Cool. And then I learned hot cross buns on a guitar. And I'm like, oh, oh this is awesome. No. <laughs> hot cross buns? I don't oh, know that goodness. song. What song is that? Uh, but literally, it's just like three notes. And I, I, it's just so silly. And I'm sitting there, like, in the, but I was like 16 or 17 at the time. And I just looked stupid. And, mm-hmm. but I was just like, oh, this is awesome. And I remember, um, I don't think she listens to this. I think it's okay. Yeah, but like, we're, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. <laughs> but I remember I told her I was like, I think we we're talking about what we're gonna do after high school. And like, she's a I huge just, fan. She oh, buys no. all the merch. <laughs> she subscribes. I think it'll be okay. I don't think she listens. But like, um, I remember we were talking about what we want to do after high school, and I just, I don't know. Like, I don't like school that much. I'm going back to school, and I've learned to appreciate it. But I still don't. I don't love it. But. I was like, I don't know, like, guitar is pretty cool. And she started laughing, and she goes like, but you're terrible, which was true at the time. Don't get me wrong, very accurate. But that kind of made me um, just really want to get better, because I'm like, I'll show you. Oh, I'm glad you got better. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of motivation in life when someone's like, you can't do this, and you go, I absolutely can do this, and then you go and do it. It's No, for real, and I remember... One of the first times I did an open mic where I sang and played guitar is my freshman year of college, and it was it was awful. I was going to throw up before I went up there. I thought I was going to throw up because I never sang in front of anybody before. Tulane? Tulane? What? Didn't you go to like, Tulane University? Oh, Tusculum? Tusculum. Oh, about? Oh, yeah, I know. No one remembers it. It's fine. <laughs> but we went up there, and I was, I was one of the last ones to go. I mean, it was awful. My friends like stood by me, and one guy was like, no, that was really cool, man. Like You did it. You didn't want to do it, but the fact he's... I don't know. It was good. And then I remember after that, I'm like, I just got to get better. And then so I, even when I came back to the lawn, I got to open mics. 
So I was I'd work at Chick-fil-A for like five or six days, five days. And then on Sunday nights, I would take my car out to this empty parking lot where no one was at so I could practice, like wake anybody up. Oh, and I'd take cool. a tape recorder yeah, with cool. me and I'd practice. And then on Monday night, I'd go play open mic night. And to, to the point where people start rolling their eyes because I was still not good. So like people were like, okay, we'll give him his 10 minutes and then he'll get out of here. So... But, yeah, th- but through that, though, I, it's almost like when you t- say that story, it reminds me like a documentary of here you are playing in a parking lot. You were yeah. told that you were not good. So you're in a parking lot. You're practicing, you're practicing, you're working and doing your craft on the side. And then you go to an open mic where people are rolling their eyes and you go, you know what? I got to get better. Like, I'm going yeah. to get better. And you did. Well, I got real have. feedback. So the thing yeah. is, you go there where no one knows you, no one really supports you. They're just like, I'm just trying to eat dinner, man. And then if you, you look at a crowd, so like, you know, they're indifferent and they're not, they're not going to be afraid to share their opinion. Right. So sometimes, so if I did good, if I genuinely did good, like I knew it, someone said that was cool. And if I didn't, you hear, oh my gosh, did you hear that guy? <laughs> or like, wow, that was rough. <laughs> like, so you hear stuff this like that, and you're like, okay, terrible. next week, got to do better. <laughs> and yeah, I think what actually helped is when I was actually in a band a little bit. And uh, like Sarah Brown, she came to me and she goes like, you can almost sing, but you can't yet. <laughs> We're going to walk through it. And yeah. like, she helped me out. And after that, she's like, all right, you got it. Hey, I, dude, I remember cool. that. I remember when y'all were in a band together. Oh, yeah. No, we got out so much angst that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, that That's was, good. I guess. What was yeah. the name? Shout out to the band? Uh, it's not around anymore, but it was called Dante's Disco Inferno. Hey. Dante's Disco Inferno. <laughs> you cannot find any recordings of it anymore. Dude, Don't it's on Spotify. It. <laughs> it's in the charts of an Apple. It's actually completely gone. It's on someone's <laughs> thumb drive somewhere. Yeah. We'll find it. Yeah, they're sponsoring today's episode. Uh, so thank you so much. <laughs> D- Disco D- Dante's Inferno. Yep. We yeah. really appreciate the sponsorship <laughs> of the, the beautiful music. So, I'm sorry. No, that was awesome. <laughs> so after, so after that, uh, you just got more confident with your guitar playing and with your singing. Oh yeah, like I'm still not going to blow anybody away, but like I, I can. I done a few of mic nights in Nashville, and it actually changed where it's like, oh, that was really enjoyable. That was really good. Or, and you know, like again, there's still crazy how does the, how does the open mic work in nashville because i feel like nashville is like a over i want to say oversaturated of musicians trying to make it and so when there's an open mic night is it like the sharks first come first serve and like only 15 people get to do 10 minutes each or what does that look like um the the few that i've been to the first one i went to you it was like a writer's night mm-hmm. so you have people who are more known did not maybe they didn't necessarily perform the songs, but they helped write famous songs. Okay, but you yeah, didn't yeah. know them because you didn't see them perform it. Oh, that's so cool. they'll perform it there. But they still make huge yes money. Like, do you know who Hillary Lindsay is? I actually don't. She wrote uh, "Big Girls," uh, not "Big Girls Don't Cry." And um, this one's for the girls, which is like a Martina McBride song. Mm-hmm. Nice. She wrote "Jesus Take the Wheel," a Carrie Underwood song. Well, that's there you cool. go. And she's a former four H'er. And so nice. one day, I'm sorry to hijack your story here, but it's another thing. Is related. Jennifer Nettles came to did a concert at Rock Eagle, That's cool. who's the lead singer of Sugarland. Yeah, um, Sugarland being fantastic, I love a lot of their songs. And the State 4H leader and I were chit chatting. I was like, you know, Hillary Lindsay and her were both playing, you know, as a benefit. And I was like, which one do you think is more successful? And Doctor Bo, you know, shout Doctor Bo, and he goes, Jennifer. Definitely has the success of like the fame and like she's out there, she's recognizable. But Hillary writing songs, I bet that girl's got bank. Like, you know, <laughs> because she gets royalties every time they play the song. Yeah. And it's like, what? That's that's what you gotta do, man. Be a songwriter. That's where the cha chang is. So so what I've told, I don't know. Yeah, I feel the comparisons like a salary versus an hourly job. You know, because performer, you have to perform. Like I'm sure you get royalties oh, too, yeah, but like, true. yeah. But like you said, with writers, like every time that song's anywhere, they're making they're money. money. Yeah. So. So so you came and did an open mic with the writers that night. Yeah. So that particular one, um, it ran a little long. So everyone originally everyone was supposed to get two songs, but everyone got one. So then that, but like you wait and you can't, the rules were you got to get there an hour early, which is advised because first come, first serve. Right, man. You got to sit through the whole thing 
and then it's your turn at the end for like that one song, you know, that, you know, so you're there for like four hours to play for like three to four five minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Five minutes tops. Wow. So, by yourself too? Or is there like a band behind you? I mean, it's by myself and or by everyone's by themselves unless there are one or two acts that brought like, they maybe a, someone's playing guitar. They brought a friend or somebody. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Okay. okay. But then we did one, it was a songwriter's contest. And the dude that won that night, he did deserve it. It was a it was a pretty good song, and it was on the piano, and it was just every kind of everything you expected. But like that was also interesting. But um, I think it's hard to judge like a piano song versus like a guitar song. It's just like I mean they're two very different instruments. I wish I knew how to play the piano though. I mean, I, same. I wish yeah. like I I feel like guitar is more versatile of like you can bring your guitar to anywhere you know and play a couple songs and jam with people there's something about like just crushing the piano just like something about it man it's sexy yeah i just, I just love just like yeah the, i feel like it's a more emotional um instrument you know it pulls no, it, more it definitely is yeah, like just it, the sounds that it puts like out. Yeah. guitar is a cheater's instrument because you learn once I've learned how to do a bar chord, I'm like, oh, I can do every chord known to man <laughs> right. with this one hand motion. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, my first year of learning guitar, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, I'm done. And that wasn't true. But <laughs> like, at the time, I'm like, I figured it out. And I'm Led Zeppelin all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're almost worried. Like, did I, like, break the secret? Like, yeah, you know, like did I mess this up and learn this way too fast? And I was like, okay, Jordan. Yeah, get off like, your high horse. And then there's also, I mean, there's also capos. So like, if you learn, yeah, like I remember when I first learned major chords, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, but now I want to, like, I want to put an F, but an F major chord that's not a bar. Either one, if you're still learning, like the F major chord by itself and an F bar chord are both difficult. If mm-hmm. your hand's not ready, so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to move this capo one fret. I'm going to play an <laughs> E major, which is really easy. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I um, I was thinking about this, too. Uh, this has been in my mind and my heart lately. And, and I think about this because you're, you're both talking about music and, and pursuing like a like a passion project. You know, it's not your not your full-time main job. I mean, I guess a little bit with Jordan, you're trying mm-hmm. to pursue the music. It's a definitely not bit. a definitely not full time job. Like I've been paid to do it, but it's definitely like a, a more of a passion project, more so than yeah. And it, like to, in full honesty, there are other musicians out there who are still way better than I am. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to just have people begging me to play for them. But I have friends who are like, no, like, you can do what I need you to do. You do that well enough, and you're fun to hang around. I want you to come play at shows. When, when people ask you to play in like in their bands or gigs, is it mostly bass or is it regular guitar? It's been half and half. Half and half. Um, I, one friend in particular likes the way I play guitar. She thinks it's um, just different enough for like her kind of stuff. And then one friend is like, I just need a bass player. And I'm like, I can do that. Yeah, I got you. So I was thinking about this. It's been on my heart lately. And, and I know a previous episode I talked about this with um, my friend Kelly is passion and, and your purpose. Like what is your purpose in life? We talked about like... Um, getting your IP address. I talked about that with Thomas earlier today, like knowing your identity and then knowing your purpose. And I think knowing knowing who you are and knowing your purpose gives you like this freedom to explore different aspects of yourself. Like, you know, what is this that I feel like maybe I'm passionate about this and I'm not too insecure to pursue it. You know, if you're too insecure about the way that you sound with your, your guitar playing, you won't pursue it because you don't know who you are and you don't know what your purpose is in life. And for me, that's kind of like, this is like, I don't, I'm not a musician, but the podcast is a little bit of me. This is like kind of my passion project that, yeah. you know, not everybody's going to love every single episode that I do. Some people may get annoyed by me. <laughs> it's whatever. It's my podcast. But it's something that I love to do. It's something I, I see value in. And so what's something that recently, you know, I'm thinking about Thomas and all the things that you're doing out in California, in case you don't know, Thomas lives in California, so anytime he is in Georgia, I try to jump on that as immediately as possible, because I love you, I'm glad you're here. It's but a big dang deal. It's a big dang deal. And so... Sure. Even, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> but what's what's something that's like been like kind of your your passion project on the side that you've been like man like and i feel like people are listening like 
you know, what's something that I could think of that I want to pursue or what's keeping, you know, maybe there's something that's keeping them from doing that. And, and I was really hoping maybe you might have a nugget or an experience of like, man, there's something that's blocked me from pursuing a passion project or just even finding your purpose to fulfill something and you were able to overcome mm-hmm. that obstacle. What was something that you overcame recently? I know we talked a little bit. Uh, I don't want to give away Thomas's stuff that we talked about earlier about like, some financial things that were keeping you from pursuing stuff and how y'all got on top of that and like was able to pursue other yeah, things because sure. of that. But what what were some things? What do y'all have? I go. I go. Okay. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, we started down. My wife and I, Emily, we got married two years ago, and then we started. Whoa! whoa, whoa. Shout out to Emily. Shout out to Emily. <laughs> Shout out. She's uh, a Emily. huge listener. Uh-huh. She subscribes. She uh, she and I we sat down and figured out uh, we weren't uh, being responsible with our money. So we mm-hmm. met. I met a friend too. Uh, how this all started? I wanted to start a small business and I went to a small business owner and started asking him questions. And he was like, yo bro, you're not ready here. Check this out instead. <laughs> and, uh, we, he got us like hooked on this whole Dave Ramsey, uh, path and journey. I'm sure some people have heard of Dave Ramsey. So mm-hmm. it's very helpful. And I did that a few years ago. It it's very cool. helpful. Yeah, and Chris uh, Davis paid for my check to get yeah, in there and do it. And Dude, uh, Chris Davis. Yeah, I, yeah. He told me he did it too. Yeah. Um, no, but so, yeah, he paid for me to go do it. Oh, sorry, yeah. I wanted to get that clear. Except, does he listen? I'm sure. He yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Chris does. Yeah, so yeah, shout yeah. out to Chris Davis. You know, <laughs> I've only seen you probably once in five years, but I still remember when you paid for my Dave Ramsey class. Dude, that, Appreciate that it. man's got a heart of gold, and he'll he'll put his money where his mouth is. Man, he realized that that was something that you needed, mm-hmm. and he wasn't gonna let money. To be an obstacle for you to go do that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, my sweet guy, my, I have, the guy that did that for me, he's like my, uh, we're actually really good friends with him. They're like Bakersfield, California parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they're they're in their 40s, they could basically just be our friends, but we kind of <laughs> classify yeah. them as our Bake Cove parents. But nice. uh, he did that for me. And so we are uh, still on this baby step two for all the Dave Ramsey people. That's you, You'll know what baby step two is. But we're on baby step two. We're paying off all of our debt. And we're almost done. We'll be done by the end of this year, which will be really cool. Woo! And a cool accomplishment. Congrats, but, man. Um, talking about how that spills into, I guess, your question, um, it's definitely an obstacle. You know, we have this debt that we're paying off, and it, as far as music goes, you know, I haven't bought new drum heads for my kit in like <laughs> two years. I mean, and so like in yeah. my snare, the bottom, uh, oh, no. the bottom hair, the head is broken. So you hit it, and it sounds like a nasty tom. It's disgusting. Oh, no, worse than that. There's no (laughs) feedback. There's no balance on the bottom. You don't even hear the snare because there's nothing to vibrate on. Hit a box. Yeah, (laughs) no, and so... uh, it, uh, it, maybe speak- you've created a new instrument. No, <laughs> by making a <laughs> uh, But uh, so that's a in a in a small way of, of thinking about uh, that in itself. But as far as like music goes too, I mean, I'll never forget the first time I got back into drumming because there was like two years mm-hmm. where I wasn't drumming, probably from like two thousand and. Uh, 16 to 2018 i really wasn't drumming a lot especially not with people i was just messing around when i could on my drum pad but then uh the first time i auditioned to play on a worship band for a church that was extremely nerve-wracking um well so so did you find like a like a flyer or were they like hey like you went to church one day it was the church i was a part of and it's the church i'm still a part of today and they're always doing auditions for people to figure out you know hey is this a not just a passion of yours. Is this something that, you know, is a gift you have um, in this area of the right. church, right? And so... Because um, worship is a big deal because there's a lot of people, my friend uh, Gracie Rose, shout out to Gracie, or now it's Gracie Kirkendall, um, but she she's one of those people who really preaches when you're doing worship, you're not doing a performance. Right. It is not a performance. You are actively praising God mm-hmm. and it's it's... You know, you want to do well, like you want to make sure you practice and you're studying. Yeah, studied. you have a part but to play, but you're also... Some people who want like more of the glam mm-hmm. than they do. So I, I just feel like knowing you and knowing your heart, it's like I have a talent, but I also want to... How can I worship my God in a way that honors Him? And mm-hmm. that's like through the drum. Like I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely a... Uh... It's definitely a fun and uh, exciting, definitely. It's exciting. You know, you get mm-hmm. to go play the drums um, and worship God at the same time. 
for your church or for an event, you know, or a, a marriage conference kind of deal or blah, blah, blah. But I was very nervous the first time I auditioned because it had been a few years and you're playing with a click, you're playing with, you know, other... What is a click? A click's a tempo or a metronome. Or, okay. or I was a, thinking like a click, another, like a group of people. Yeah, no, like... <laughs> like Mean Girls? They're, they're <laughs> playing uh, that part of our other click? parts <laughs> of the song that you're playing in the background okay. along with you. And I'll tell this story just because, man, if, if my worship pastor heard this, he'd laugh. But uh, <laughs> he purposely set the wrong tempo and then it wasn't oh. with the click, like the, what I was playing to. It was it was off, and so I was so nervous. It was the first time I was playing in front of people in like two years. And uh, why did why would he do that? I I don't know if he did it on purpose, but we've talked about it, and I'm pretty sure he did it on purpose. He was he, <laughs> he wanted to sabotage you in I, front of a I don't think he service? wanted to sabotage me. I think he wanted to see how I reacted, like if I would ask him. Or Do that during practice, him. not during an yeah, active worship anyways, service. I made it halfway through the song. I was playing uh, Fullness by Elevation Worship. Some of you guys might know listening yeah, or absolutely. whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, I made it like halfway through the song. And uh, I was like, bro. I can't, I can't do this. I'm nervous. Like the clicks off with the <laughs> the song and the tempos off. And anyways, I basically crash and burned. And then I remember him telling me, he's like, yeah, so you're good enough to play. I can tell you're a good drummer. Um, but we're gonna start you with the youth, the youth nights. And, I, and that's 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 <laughs> AKA basically like, yeah, bro, you're not good enough for Sunday. <laughs> you know, like you you're not got, good enough you for got like demoted to the minor yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> And so, but it was the best thing for me two years ago, getting back in the drumming, and now you know, getting to play on Sundays and at different church campuses and well, for different things. And it's, it's such a fun. It's fun to be a part right. of that group, and then it's also exciting to be able to take a talent and something you love um, and, and use it in a unique or just different way. So. I also think, too, like you're spiritually pretty young at this oh, point. Oh, definitely in the face, sure. Yeah, and so like working with youth allows you to really grow. Teach t- Being a teacher, when you're able to teach, is how you master stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you're able to be in the youth band and being around youth and they're asking questions, and sometimes when a youth asks a question to, like, a youth pastor, sometimes you're secretly like, I also want to know what the answer is. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and, like, so you got to learn a little bit more to be mm-hmm. more confident. So I think that's a Youth awesome. is definitely a cool area, um, especially as far as music goes, because it's not a... Because on Sundays, there's definitely, like... I don't want to say rules, but like at youth, you can just play and wild out on stage. Dude, Nobody yeah, cares. Like you just, the band just, it's, it's, it's almost we, more fun. <laughs> we did it once. We were at a retreat and we did a, the song, uh, let it happen. Have you heard that song by simple gospel? Yeah. Let it mm-hmm. happen. Well, towards the end, it's like a very much, you could just keep repeating that part. Like, uh, take me back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm not singing it. Anyways, and you can just repeat it. Well, we're at this conference and people were praying, like people were crying, because it's like a, I the the pastor gave a really heartfelt message. It was me, and we did we did a <laughs> yeah. heartfelt message. I know, so I wasn't trying to brag. <laughs> uh, uh, did a heartfelt message, and we were praying, and they just kept playing that song, and like we didn't have to like follow the rules or the stipulate. Like we just kept going, and no, we cool. we ended up, and people were praying for each other. High schools were on their knees praying for each other. It was a beautiful, beautiful scene. Like honestly, to to the day I die, I'll never forget that night and that worship service and that like the group just coming yeah, together, those... the Holy Spirit. And we didn't have any rules; like we could mm-hmm. do it. We did it for almost thirty minutes. Honestly, those are the coolest Ooh. little spontaneous um, types of. I don't know how you how you would yeah, say Jordan. It, Jordan, but like because those I don't know. Just when you're playing with people and you're being spontaneous, whether it's a worship set or not, uh, there's just like this cool freedom. That's yeah. There. I've also I've also helped out with a youth band before, so like I totally feel that too. Where like you can get kind of more I don't know if rowdy is the right word, but you could definitely I, I the don't structure's feel... not quite there, and yeah. I don't know why that is, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but the I mean, but yeah, when because it's really safe to go with just the song structure that you know and the mm-hmm. time you know. So early I'll. At least for me, it feels very safe to do that. So when there's improv- improvisation moments, mm-hmm. it is very. It's it feels weird because if if like in an awesome way, because it feels like you're connecting with someone else and somehow it's working and it feels risky. <laughs> like, oh, there's definitely a risk. Right. Otherwise, yeah. it feels 
weird or it's too yeah. rehearsed, you know, your spontaneous moment or whatever. Yeah. I feel like it's like cars driving together in the fog, but you can't see the other car. And That's somehow, a good, yeah. and somehow you don't wreck yeah. until the very, all of a sudden the uh-huh. very end you make it. Like, no one wrecked. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, so um, going back to the purpose and the obstacles, Jordan, what were some things that I know I know your mind was, you know, rolling over there. Like, what were some things that you've, maybe like you've had a passion or a purpose that you were going in and what were some of the obstacles that you kind of had to overcome in order to pursue that? By the way, I love your ring, Jordan. Just checking it out now. Dude, oh, that thanks. ring is nice. Beautiful. It's it's actually silicone. Like That's it looks cool. like wood, but it's all oh, nice. Did you silicone? Does it does it feel better when it's on there? Yeah, and like it just because it bends and stuff. If it gets caught on anything, it's not. You know, don't get stuck. I mine, don't know. Mine's at the shop. I'm not wearing mine. Oh no! I had to drop it off at the jeweler. Get I hope it. you're not going anywhere public later. Uh, like, do we need to talk? Like, are you yeah. and Emily okay? Jordan, answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for me, the biggest thing was confidence. Because, like I said, when I started out, I wasn't good like at all. So, yeah. I think that was the biggest one. Then, like, budgets, because I started learning guitar when my parents just got divorced. And I think it helped me out a lot to learn guitar just for my own personal mm-hmm. benefit. But yeah, I think starting late, because most people started instruments when they were young. And mm-hmm. I started when I was 16 or 17. And so, like, some 10 year old could be like, yeah, here's a G major chord. And 17 year old me is like, hey, thanks. <laughs> so like, you're going to youth and you're like, yeah, I, yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're bar- playing next to the middle school <laughs> bass player. And it's like, <laughs> oh, bar chord. No way. <laughs> but. Yeah, I think confidence is the biggest one because I don't. The the biggest thing for me was learning. It's okay to suck. Mm-hmm, it's okay right, to be right. terrible, and you just gotta. I think my signature thing of me getting any better is just sucking really badly until it's good, mm-hmm. and then, like listening, like listening to authentic feedback. But just getting over my pride and ego is the biggest thing I think, and just going, yeah, it's not gonna be great the first time you try anything. First time I try anything, it's gonna be terrible, and that's fine. Right. Well, I just want to say I have some very fond memories of just playing with you at your house. That's just some fun Our, evenings. Just, just dude, great. We, just wait, fun. the three, the three of us did one where we yeah. did. A, it was um, oh god, it was like uh, milkman and the cartons. Oh my god, do you remember that? It was milkman and the cartons. <laughs> yes, I do remember. And that. like you were playing yeah. guitar, I had yeah. the microphone, and you were drumming. I think and, it was like in the three of us just jammed. Wasn't like right before? Is it right before or after Will's wedding? It was before. before yeah, yeah, yeah before there. Will's yeah. wedding. So That's just the random dude. nights. Yeah, we were <laughs> yeah, all together in Monica. Milkman in the cartons. Milkman in the cartons. Dude, all right, we just found the name of the episode. <laughs> is it time for a reunion? <laughs> yeah, re- dude. Just was Shamalama Dean Dong. Like we got this, dude. Um, ever heard that song? Shamalama. In a ramadamadine dong, baby, <laughs> you got the whoa. It's in the movie uh, Animal House. Have you ever seen Animal House? Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, Animal oh. House um, is a, a cult classic. Love it. John Belushi, fantastic. And they go in there. I'm trying to remember. Um, well, I talked about Dr. Bo once. He'd be upset that I can't remember the name of the band that did it. But we were in Puerto Rico, and that was, like, his go-to song. And, like, he can sing and play piano and stuff. So he'd nice. be like, Sham and Lim, and, like, just get into it, and we'd all try to sing it. But I was thinking about what you just mentioned. I think mine was fear. We're mm-hmm. talking about, like, pursuing passion. And if we took the podcast, for example, I remember, golly, I started in 2019 doing the podcast. I probably mentioned it in, like, 2014. Yeah, you just you had know? your one-year anniversary. Yeah, thank you. And we're, we're doing a giveaway. Yeah. Um, I was I was kind of nervous about that, so we've been like, I've been trying to get more followers to get you know more listeners to the podcast, mm-hmm. and so I did like this giveaway. And for the first like 15, 20 minutes after I posted, it was like no likes or comments. And I was like, I was like, oh crap! <laughs> and then it, and then it blew up. Like I guess it just like people were checking their phones, and so we're just trying to give a giveaway of appreciation to the listeners. We love you. We appreciate you. I want to give you stuff just to show love. I just gave Jordan some stickers. That he um, did. So, but anyways, was maybe 2014 I mentioned wanting to do it, but it was always just like a, we had this ability as as, as human beings to put impossibilities in front of us, the things that make it out of our reach. Certainly. Like I took what I wanted and I put it out of my reach, and it's like, 
I couldn't do it because I, I didn't have the location. I didn't do it because I didn't have the equipment. I didn't do it because I didn't have the, the, the idea yet. I couldn't do it because of this. And I always put something that would keep me from doing it and just put it out of my reach. I let that fear mm-hmm. of maybe people don't want to listen. Maybe people don't want to hear what I have to say. You know, that fear of rejection of, you know, what's worse than starting a podcast and you have two downloads, you know, like, mm. okay, and you have 30 episodes and only two downloads. Like, <laughs> okay, that's 28 episodes. No one's downloaded. You know, like, it's just it's just one of those things that like, there's a lot of fears that you put in. And so instead of facing it on, maybe putting yourself out there because of the rejection or the feeling like you're not worthy, it's going, you know what? I'm passionate about it. It's something that I think I, I have a skill set, a spiritual gift, whatever it may be. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to make the foot forward and take the step to, to put myself out there. And when you do that, it's like this old quote that says, uh, trying and failing isn't failing. Failing to try is. And so when you're going out there, you know what? Maybe you do fail. Mm. You failed several times in your open mics. Oh. I'm sure there's many times you failed playing the drums. Or oh, yeah. There's several <laughs> mistakes I made in the podcast. One of the biggest mistakes Jordan helped me fix was how to work this mixer. I didn't know how to do that. And Jordan goes and turns one knob and fixes the whole thing. I was like, okay, well, uh, thanks, Jordan. Um, that was like a while back. <laughs> but that. but there was like there was steps that made me feel like, okay, I should probably quit now. Oh, I should quit now. And it's like when you keep pursuing it because you feel passionate about it, even though there may be obstacles or there may be downs, ultimately it gives you this gratification of like, man, like I got to do this. I need to pursue this. I don't Agreed. Know that, I don't know that yeah. I, no, go ahead. No, I have a uh, a story about playing the drums and um, something didn't go right. We we had just gone through rehearsal. We were getting ready to, you know, welcome people into the church and we were gonna, you know, play some music and. Of course, something goes wrong right when we start. The uh, everyone's like headphones, like no one could hear anyone, but like the countdowns counting down, and like <laughs> oh, people God. are here, and like there's like eight of us on stage, and fear, I'm looking fear, at fear, the, fear, fear. <laughs> I'm looking at the leader, and everyone's like, "Can you hear? Can you hear?" No, nope. we're looking at the guys back in the back mm-hmm. at the booth, and we're like, "We got nothing. We can't hear anything." <laughs> but the only thing know. we could hear was the. Uh, like the countdown music playing through the speakers into the audience. Well, I see the countdown going, so we just start. The problem is, as the drummer, like, I'm in a cage, so I have these, like, walls around me, and the band's trying to gauge the tempo off me, and I'm trying to listen to them through my headphones that I can't hear anything, plus I'm in a cage. And (laughs) it created this whole thing of, like... You had to instantly just like not doubt this set we were about to play, where it's right. like, no, we got this. We're all we just rehearsed like an hour ago for thirty minutes. We've been practicing all week these songs. Just you, you got this. You can do it. And at the end of the whole night, and you know, you're musicians. You go around. You ask people, or people are like, "Yeah, oh, good yeah. job. It sounded great." Yeah, nobody could tell. Right? It was like nobody yeah, could tell. Awesome. And honestly, that's musicians are kind of like really hard anyways on themselves because, or at least maybe I am. I know drummers are. We're like super about tempo or critiquing yeah. like the I'll, I'll agree with you. Depth. I can't speak for everybody. Yeah. I can definitely say and, I am too. But then when you go and you ask like the <laughs> yeah, listeners <me> <laughs> or people who aren't musicians whatsoever, they don't know when you mess up at all whatsoever. Oh, no. I mean, it's got to be pretty bad. Yeah, it's got to be so, really bad. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. If they're a bad singer, yeah. you could, okay. Anyways, I, I'm just... Kind of like, I guess that's one experience I do have of where like you can't doubt yourself, especially I, after you just practice and I, like you know it's gonna be good. And, so like, that's actually a really incredible story about like insightfulness of are you gonna let the fear the that fear, instantly yeah. happens, and then there's the guy the M, the MC guy. Of course, a lot of people don't know this, but almost on every stage there's a guy who's talking to the whole band. Sometimes it's the bass player. Sometimes it's like a back guitar. A, a back guitar player. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but oh, really? there's an MC they, guy. There's a, he's leading the band into each like uh, section of a song. Each you know when the songs change, he's talking into the mic, and every everyone playing can hear him. Um, and he's hitting the iPad. He's changing the tempo. He's altering like the 
the track that's playing through the speakers if there's a track he's anyways oh, wow. yeah that's if, cool, you, though. if you ever if you not played with a mc guy he's just like a no. or sometimes they're called something else i just I, call him the mc guy no but, anytime i've played i just had to like memorize the song oh yeah okay. like we have played i mean that, that drummers had their own clicks but they literally just because because i haven't done worship that way oh okay like it's i've always played for like with youth, it was really low budget, so just you go by the drummer's it's tempo. More spontaneous, that's it. yeah, yeah. The drummer's tempo. Yeah. And then whenever... I wish it was more like that, <laughs> more more often than than what we do. But I mean um, it. Yeah, it's harder, but I think it for worship it fits because there's just this consistency. Well, so imagine having a, a guy who's consistently telling you, "Yes, we're going into this tag, and we're going into <laughs> this like," and then you can't hear him. And you can't hear anybody else. So you have to remember. And then you have to, yeah, well, it, it, right, but you practice all week for it, so you, you know, like you, you know can it. play it. But it's like taking training wheels uh, off. For the yeah, first time. you take all the the help completely goes away, and all you can see are the lyrics on the screen in the back of the room, <laughs> right. and you can see the lead guitarist, <laughs> the the lead vocalist tapping his foot for a tempo, and but they're all listening to you, the drummer. So you're just trying to watch the foot. <laughs> You're watching the, the lyrics. You're trying to, yeah. s- to keep the tempo going. So. Like, as the backbone, that's harder. Because everyone else is... Because I feel from doing the other end, guitar and bass, if a tempo messes up, it's like, well, that wasn't me, was it? <laughs> it was the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll go tell you, being bass player for the gigs I've done, like, if, if there are proficient bass players out there who can definitely carry a set. But for the most part... I feel bass gets overlooked very oh, easily. It's one of those so things overlooked. where, bass. like, if it stops, you go, "Oh, the bass isn't bass playing. isn't playing." Yeah, <laughs> but if it's playing, you can almost do whatever you want. Someone's <laughs> like, "Yeah, that thud's there," so I don't notice. Uh-huh. Like, it's actually a real quick story. The first time I ever played, I think, in front of a big audience, it was for a friend of Adam Gerard's, and she was doing a country thing. He went to. Right, where was it? There's a hundred thousand people there. It was actually three thousand people. What well, that's awesome. We played bass, but it was got like Mel Tillis. He's old, he's dead now, he's a country guy. He was gotcha. really cool. We met him, but I didn't know anything about him before I met him either. But we played and so I'm doing bass and you know, everyone else is doing whatever. And so Adam and his dad, Adam's doing guitar and his dad was doing keyboards and they did harmonies with this girl who was singing. We go to McDonald's after the show. We're getting food. And these two ladies who happen to be at the same show came up and they go to Adam and Danny like, oh my gosh, that was so great. Oh my gosh, y'all are incredible. Y'all do incredible harmonies. That was beautiful. <laughs> and they look at me and they go, did you get to see them? <laughs> and I said, I had, a, I had a really great seat. They were terrific. You're right. It was oh incredible gosh. to watch. Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> it reminds me of one time I was at, uh, when I was on the state 4-H board, right? It's like, you know, y'all remember those days when I was in 4-H. I'm still in 4-H. But I was sitting in between two state officers, there's three of us, and this lady was, like, giving, like, a lecture, and she's like, you know, leadership is important, communication is important. Look at our state 4-H officers. They're fantastic. Look at Margo Brasky. She's doing a wonderful job. She's sitting on my right. She's a great leader. And then on my left was Jericho. And then she, she goes, look at Jericho, the way that he leads and does this. These are phenomenal state officers. Oh, no. And I'm literally sitting in between the two of them like, oh, that's well, cool. What's she okay. going to say about me? Oh, that's cool. And then she keeps going. And then oh, the, no. they, they both of them start laughing. And then like people start laughing. And she's like, what's going on? And Jericho, if you knew him, was like, he's a state officer too. And she's like, oh, Oh, instead of being like embarrassed and apologizing, she was like, "Good for you," and like it's like kept oh going. So it was like double embarrassment. And I was like, "All right." Not only did she not know who I, like I was one of them, also was like, "I'm not backtracking. I mean, Let's go." That sounds bad. But that's honestly, I think the best way to go about it. Like, I I have a hard time doing that. I'm like, "Oh, I have to give this person recognition because I crave recognition so much." But like, but, I feel, yeah. but I also it's hate like, being patronized. So yeah. I oh, like yeah. fault. Silence yeah. speaks a lot. <laughs> so from the other end too, where it's just like, how was that? And someone's just. Mm. <laughs> it, it was. It was slightly <laughs> embarrassing. I don't think it would have been that bad if like I wasn't literally in between the two of them. <laughs> like, like, why do you think I'm sitting in this section, lady? Like, like we, we were yeah, invited bad. to come. That's pretty bad. She, yeah, so y'all, y'all are in front of people, like on a stage. <laughs> she could have just asked. Oh, she could have just no. asked you who you were and been like, yeah. "I'm sorry, I didn't. I don't like, know your right, name." Like, or cool. Like, I get on the like cool and popular. Like these two are, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but that's funny you said that, like you know did you hear them play it's like i was i was actually playing um, oh yeah and see i'm not this. gonna do that i'm not gonna make them embarrassed it's more embarrassing if i'm like i need credit but like it was i was like now i feel good so anytime i play bass that's the easiest thing if i don't want to talk to anybody afterwards <laughs> i won't have to matter of fact i can just mess it up no one's gonna know <laughs> oh and that's 
Very true, because I definitely messed up one of those songs. And because I think if I messed up enough, somebody like looked at me and just memorized the face, going, "He's a cruddy bass player." Dude, and he remembered yeah. right away, but they they didn't remember me, so I did enough get enough of a job to yeah, just walk in and out. True. Yeah, man, I've definitely had people go, "Come on, drummer." Stop messing that up. Because <laughs> when the drummer messes up, drummer. the whole band kind of... Are you like, did you yeah. turn around and go, yeah, drummer, like, yeah. step well, it up. Like, well, oh, the guy in the other corner. <laughs> <laughs> Who turned on the wrong click? Yeah. <laughs> Who's playing that track song? Turn, that drum, turn that drum Gosh. off. I may, sound, that. <laughs> I may like sound super ignorant when I say this, but like, no, what's up? there's been a couple of times I've been to a concert and there's two drummers mm-hmm. and they're oh, like yeah. two full drum sets. Yeah. yeah. Is that just for volume? Or like, why is there two drummers? I would playing? say what they're playing, it takes two drummers to play, like the beats and the rhythm that they're doing. Because yeah. a lot of drummers That's are really thing. talented okay. that they can actually have enough of the, in, you know, percussion instruments around their set, and they can just they can just do it. But if you're, what kind of concert was it? Like, what I'm were you? Yeah. I'm trying to remember if it was a Christian concert, if it was just like a because a regular, regular, but it was kind of like alty indie stuff. Cause those drummers usually have like a lot of sound they're playing with and maybe, mm-hmm. or even honestly, even worship music can be very two drummers or like a drummer. And, and then like a percussion section almost where or like, like yeah. cause like inversely I've seen, I've seen like a small, small handful of shows where there are two drummers but they're doing the exact same thing. Mm. And I don't know if it's just for extra yeah, sound that's, or that's if they're the thing. Just, yeah, they're doing the exact same thing. Or like, it's like, hey buddy, I just like having you around. Do you want to like, play does some it look, yeah. Does it look cool guess, aesthetically to have two drummers? In know? a way. I guess like, it puts more energy in the room to have two drummers yeah. playing the same thing. Um, like the same it, reason most guitars are like stereo tracks. Yeah. Well, sometimes the drum to, sets yeah. can be different themselves, even though yeah. they're playing the same thing. So you get two different sounds. Ooh, um, so the drums are tuned differently. The cymbals are different. Um, you know, like especially hmm. if you're just going for uh, more energy, more sound in the room. Have you seen, uh, is, I, I don't know if it's Elevation Worship or, or Hillsong United, both of those great bands love their worship songs, not mm-hmm. dissing them, but they do sometimes like on their uh, on worship stage, they'll have like almost like what feels like forty five people on stage. It's oh, yeah. like <laughs> six backup Dude, I, singers, six I, main I singers, seven guitarists, eight drummers. It's like how yeah. do you, how do you have so many people? Like, in yeah. I'll, I'll admit, <laughs> when I first started seeing that kind of stuff, I'm like, you don't need all that. Do less. And then like I'm with you when you're in it. And you're playing with that many people, it's really fun. It's so much and I, fun. I get I get why they do it, but at first I was like I was thinking from a purely financial yeah. perspective, yeah. real estate perspective. Yeah. Like I was a guy having to pay eight people for someone to chime in every once in a while with like a vocal harmony yeah. and just step back for What's three it? minutes. I could do that guy <laughs> like, you know, yes Lord. Right. And that's but, all I do for the whole song. It was but, like <laughs> like and I was yeah. on stage. But like back we we're talking to you earlier when it's like going out on that risk, like I feel there's yeah. more risk with that many more people, and it's just it's it's interesting that share a common language that not everyone can do well you know that's, that's with true that many people it's exceptional it's like it's a risk in the sense of like we're gonna do it differently like i want a bigger band i want to have more vocalists or have more guitar players or whatever yeah. it may be. well i mean in those yeah. churches those worship bands are putting out a very unique different sound like their yeah. albums yeah, are very true. powerful in their own way Dude, you know they're, what I mean? and they're so, very talented yeah so sure. they and they can afford to put that many creative artists on the stage to come up with a you know albums that are just man yeah if it helps it sound fuller and immersive then oh it's definitely different yeah Yeah. i mean you can take a you know just a smaller band it just you you get the same feeling you know it's still a great you know album or worship set whatever it is they're playing well it just sounds different since we've been talking about purpose and passion and music and i love this music episode Milkman in the cartons. Let's end. <laughs> let's let's end it with what's the one of the best concerts or one of the most memorable concert like concerts or maybe if that tell me your best concert you've been to and then one that you want to go to in the future. Oh man! I mean, I know y'all got oh some gosh. great musicians, probably. So I'll go first. Yeah, um, go for it. So I grew up going to Keith Urban concerts a lot. God, my I, mother. I literally <laughs> knew it. I yeah, knew you were going to say Keith Urban. Urban. But God. I would say the – so I'll, that's my memory, a cool memory I have. I got to meet the guy when I was, uh, I think, like a freshman in high school. 
It's weird. Is he's yeah. on the podcast next week? Oh, is he? I should have. I should have told you man, that. Why? Man. I should have. Why flights. am I here this week? Yeah, yeah. he texts me the other day. I'm like, all right, just go and tell your friend to reschedule the wedding he's, next. Sunday. He's super needy though. So oh, I'm like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, he uh, he came off his bus after his show in his bathrobe and signed a uh, drumstick I had caught at his show. What? Yeah, he had a uh, the he had the Georgia Tech drumline come out during no one way. of his shows and and play like a quick like cadence and then the they like they slam their sticks on the on the snares and stuff and then they just like toss them out into the crowd and we were close enough i i caught one of the sticks and then um my mom basically could have been a groupie because she (laughs) knew the bus driver and nice um cowboy was his name i'm serious that's what he he went by and uh keith just came out and Sign that drumstick, but that's my probably cool concert story. Best yeah. concert I've ever been to as of late. I got to see Elevation Worship live in Sacramento, or not? Yeah, Sacramento at a church. I forget the name of the church. It's um, a Sacramento church. It's just yeah, it's, it's somewhere it's in Northern California. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, you, yeah, you would know. Um, but uh, <laughs> that concert was something I had never experienced before it was just there's it was so cool it was awesome um and then as far as like music i want to see man so many so much music i want to see there's so many concerts i want to go to especially since we've been deprived of it for months yes (laughs) i mean gosh my wife really loves this small little bluegrass band called mipso I've seen them live a few times i've heard of i've heard of them yeah mipso mipso is a cool bluegrass folk um Little band, I've seen them live a few times. I'm sure I'll get to see them, but yeah. Heck yeah. Damn. Did the, the drum story happen before or after you started learning drums? Um, like so I was playing concert band percussion music and I had gotcha. my kid at home. Yeah. Funny story, I first like show and tell, I brought that drumstick to class <laughs> and someone was like, How do we know he signed it? And we know this person who's saying this. We know this person. You I, tell won't, you tell you off mic. I won't, yeah, yeah I won't say her name on the podcast because she might actually listen. Um, and I was like, well, she listens. She, she made listens me feel bad because oh, I, I was like, it. no, like, I have no reason to lie about this. I have this. no reason to lie. Why would you ask me that? And to choose like Keith Urban of all people, like, yeah, Keith Urban, like, no, if you're going to lie, you'd like go like Beyonce you'll, or something. You'll laugh <laughs> when, when I tell you off mic. I'm ready. Right. I'm so excited. <laughs> all right, Jordan, what do you got, man? I think um, my first real concert I went to is a Switchfoot show. Oh, and dude, yes. you were so oh, into Switchfoot. Oh yes, Switchfoot's awesome. Well, they're, they're you, great. You I so saw them at the college when yeah. they came that one time. Uh, UNG? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I missed that. But it was it was cool because Switchfoot for me was the – because we had very strict music listening policy when I was a kid because my dad mm-hmm. was a pastor. So we listened to like two radio stations – or VeggieTales CDs. <laughs> so, like, it was... Lovely. Yes. <laughs> but, VeggieTales. So, Switchfoot was that good medium of, yeah, like, these guys have faith in them, but also this is really cool stuff. And, it, like, it, it was... Because, like, worship music is great in its time and place, but then Switchfoot also is very contemplative for those moments where maybe our heart isn't really open to worship yet, but it's also just, like, trying to get it back to that place. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just – so I've seen them a good few times. But the first time I saw them, I was 17, and it was it was awesome. But just because of that memory, I think – I'm trying to think of the best one. I know one of my favorite memories was at another Switchfoot show, though, and Marianne, my little sister, got to see, her, see them for the first time. Right. And John Foreman, the lead singer, a lot of times he makes his way through the crowd singing. He likes just touching, cool. touching hands with people and whatever. And Marianne's hand was out, and he grabbed it. She's like, ah! <laughs> just sat back and just, like, couldn't move for, That's like, two hilarious. minutes. She, she literally cried during that show, and it was, it was the best because she was fangirling so hard. And I was, I was like, I'm glad she's fangirling for someone like them. I think it's cool. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I think, but one of the craziest shows Switch I've been to, awesome. you're going to hate this band name, but they were, they were in Nashville. They're not around anymore. They were called Diarrhea Planet. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay. But it's it's four guitarists. Or they exploded all over the uh, <laughs> Nashville scene. They really did. <laughs> they were really cool. They had yeah. a really good run. They, they, uh, stop, <laughs> stop it. Stop, they like they're they're pretty cool, but the thing is, like, no, those are great. But this is literally but it's reasons like that that didn't make it big. Like there's a record yeah. company who's like, guys, y'all are really great. Your shows are dope. For four guitarists, it's not a muddled mess. Everything sounds great. But you've got to change the name, and they yeah. didn't budge on it. So they now they're done. Do it. But yeah. they're they're one of the craziest shows I've been to because it really stinks that they uh <laughs> they had to disband. 
sorry. I'm done. I'm done. No, no, I'm it's sorry, great because like the energy is great, but then everyone's still nice and they're not moshing into you. But mm-hmm. whatever, I'd say in terms of energy, that's the best. But a Switchfoot show every time is still one of my favorite things because I have such an attachment to them. Dude, you reminded me of one of my favorite shows, and Ben's gonna freak out. I got to go see Need to Breathe. Dude, oh, I love Need to and Breathe, and it was their acoustic tour on this on their latest. Oh, the latest, the, the latest album with, with the album. bear on it. Yes. It is a phenomenal album. Have you listened to that, Jordan? Play that I've listened live. to some of it. It is you, really good. It is fantastic. Yeah, my wife bought the tickets, um, and we went for uh, Gosh, her awesome. birthday uh, a year ago. I want to say you sent me a picture. It was I, phenomenal. They're excellent. They they have like a switch foot vibe. I don't know. Yeah. They're just yeah. very I like. Don't know, no, I hear you. They're personable. Really There's Christian elements all throughout their yes. songs, but it's not like a uh, it's not a worship song. It's like no, it's yeah. music. Like it's just heartfelt, not awesome music. music. Yeah, it's Christian yeah. rock. Yeah, it or I know you it love is. them, Ben. So yeah, <laughs> mine's a. I went to. I worked at a you know Wasiga 4H Center when I was Papa Bear, and they knew I listened to Mumford and Sons. I mean, literally in my podcast studio, I wake my soul, which is. One of my favorite songs by them, mm-hmm. and it's also like an anthem of mine of like let's wake our souls to receive what what God's put it into our lives. And so, but anyways, they got me Mumford and Sons tickets when they played in Atlanta, 2013. Nice. And I went with um, Avery and Lauren and Nathan and Josh, other people, and so we all went there. And it was awesome. Like we were so close to like the front, and they were just jamming. And it was live. I knew all the songs. There was cool. one song where he was like playing the drums. Marcus Mumford went and like was playing the drums and going. And then he like throws the sticks and like kicks over the drum set and oh knocks all the stuff over. <laughs> and then they all leave. We're all like, yeah, yeah. Marcus Mumford. Where, where was it at? Do you remember? It was uh, Centennial Park, like oh, in okay, Atlanta. Cool. Nice. And, and then they left the stage. We're like all like freaking out. And then we're like. Are you going to do more songs? That was only like five or six songs. Um, like, core. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and well, they came back out and then did like you know eight more songs or whatever. It nice. Was. Like it was just like he was just feeling it and just like kicked it over and just did it. Went um, backstage. Yeah, you definitely have to pause. That, and someone well, has to set stuff that, back up. That, that yeah. night they got arrested at a strip what? club. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. Apparently gosh. they went to an Atlanta strip club. And they, they went onto the stage <laughs> and started playing music. That and they were like jamming. So funny. But they're like, hey, you can't be on stage. And we're like, we're Mumford and Sons. Like, we're playing music for your people, man. Oh my and they're gosh. like, you can't do that. So they get kicked out. What a um, weird story. Yeah, it's so, we- it's so <laughs> weird. It's pretty funny. Uh, but I just remember a lot of people, you know, I sent like, you know, Instagram stories or snaps that I was there, and people were like, Hey, like, they, did you hear this? And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it. They're probably at one of those famous strip uh, clubs or whatever. I also got to go to, um, I've been to five or six different Need to Breathe concerts. That's cool. Yeah, I've been to one in their hometown, one at the Atlanta Braves, one at North Georgia, uh, one, uh, I'm trying to think of what they all were. One, in, oh, this is the best one, coolest concerts, the last little story, right. is um, Austin, Texas. Y'all know Ashley Harriet? Shout out yeah. to Ashley. She's married now. Congrats. I don't know her new last name. Yeah, she actually, um, I saw her in Nashville. I didn't realize she lived in Nashville. And shortly after I moved, we ran into her. We were doing a, yeah, anyway, funny. Yes, I know yeah, Ashley Harriet. Is she good? Yeah, no. Cool. Yeah, yeah, she seems, I haven't seen her since she got married, but it was um, during um, people loving Nashville okay. things for homeless things. And she was there. I was like, you live here too? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Well, she and I were, we were both in Texas. And we're talking about music. And I was like, well, let's go to a Need to Read concert. And she's like, all right. And there was one in Austin, Texas, next to the river. And like you're at the concert venue, and it's this beautiful outdoor, and you can see the whole skyline of Austin. And they, um, they all in Austin, like each tower is like a different color, like, like a green lights, blue lights, purple lights, like whatever. It's just so cool. So that was probably my favorite, like Need to Read concert. Mumford Sons probably there. But, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we, oh, oh I can't, I, Oh, we always do this on the end of our episodes. You know what we do, Thomas? Oh, yeah. Dang. What now I we... remember. We uh, share a inspirational thought. We're, or... we're, we're calling it the nugget. The nugget. The all right. Because we're, give us... we're all nuggets. Yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> it's like there's multiple, Fact. but it's also a little gold piece. You know, it's something that's a small little nugget that you tell someone that's like, hey, man, like, if I could just give you this nugget, that's what, that's what I want to give you. Um, it's a little piece. What is your nugget? I'll, I'll tell you mine. Mine is know your identity and know your purpose. That way you're able to pursue your passions in life, whether it's music-based or whether it's podcasts or art, dance, 
movies, film, whatever it may be, know that, but you're not going to be able to pursue your passions fully until you're confident about what your purpose and identity is. It's kind of deep, but it's a real good no, idea. No, that's good. I would say, uh, especially right now, if you know, cause a lot of people are hurting because yeah. of what's going on, but if you're hurting, like just uh, get the perspective of somebody around you who might also have you know something to say about the issue or mm-hmm. um listen get some and under- yeah be be more receptive to listening um yeah even if you're not hurting i mean i feel like we could all uh get better in that area as far as just listening goes and understanding and changing our perspective on you know yeah, with how somebody else is Agreed. feeling yeah yeah absolutely jordan um related to the topic um just don't be afraid to suck Everything you're gonna do at yeah. first is gonna be terrible, and the only way, the only way I've ever learned is through just repetitive sucking. Absolutely, we have a phrase in the military: "Embrace the suck." Embrace, Embrace the, the suck. suck. Yeah. That's the that's probably the most packaged way <laughs> we can say that. Yeah. Embrace <laughs> the suck, everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, little value meal there, little nugget with a uh, embrace the suck. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Jordan, Thomas. Thank you all so much for being on today's episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Of course. Love you guys. Appreciate it. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't already subscribe, please do so on Apple and or Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating and rise review on Apple. It helps the podcast tremendously. So please do that. We love you. We appreciate the support. And thank you for listening to the GWB Podcast.